Hey everyone, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing another podcast in my car, of course. I'm not really doing any errands. I'm not really coming home from anything. Uh, so, I'm just sitting in my car. <laughs> uh, but I got some some uh, collection of uh, call-ins and one's from uh, one of the original OGs of Anchor, Mr. Matt Random Jackson, who did pull the pull A Jackson, of course, and uh, and then I have a series of calls from Rob C, which is great to hear from, um, and he pulled several Jacksons, and I think he even called it that, which is great. So let's let's see what Matt has to say first. Hey Tim, this is Matt. Long time no speak in this format. I, I see that I am still limited by Anchor's one-minute message, so there might be more than one. I have two comments. First one is on high-level gaming. I think you're right. I myself am a little bit afraid to run those big games, but I think for me it's not so much afraid necessarily. I mean, I think that's part of it, but I think for me I don't enjoy those as a player. The power levels of the character become so much higher in power that I feel disconnected from that character and so I find it hard to you know get into character or feel connected to them maybe that's a fault of me as a player I don't know but as a player I don't like those necessarily because I just can't get into it like I can a lower level where they suck like me and my other comment has to do with dungeons and things making sense. I think you're right. When we were younger, we didn't give a crap and we put the dragon in the room next to the room with the bugbears and, you know, the dragon could never even get into the room or whatever. I think you're right. We didn't care. It was just all about fun. My first comment on that would be it's a mythic underground. It doesn't have to make sense. And the other comment that I have on that is do the players even notice I don't know how many times I've designed something, and as I'm designing it, I'm like, okay, I gotta make, this has to make sense, this needs to go here, this needs to go there, and I really wonder, do the players even take note of that? Am I really spending that extra time making it work and making it realistic? And it doesn't even matter, they never even notice. Matt, thank you for calling in, man. Even though I talk to you throughout the week, it's always good to get a message or two from you in the show. I I understand the whole high-level play is difficult to digest in some ways, but if it's done right, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I don't think the feel... Even though you have these things at your disposal, all these powers, all these, you know, I can kick your ass powers. And even though our game is kind of based on combat a lot of times or, uh, you know, who's who's the most powerful I mean, in, in, in that, which makes sense because, I mean most of the systems that we play are dedicated to combat. However, once you start getting into those higher levels and you're kind of dealing maybe a little bit with 
uh, I don't know if you want to call it domain play, but I guess that would be part of it. It's not necessarily part of it. But if you're going to be a strict adventurer, then you're, you can continue plundering, you know, bugbear layers. Or what usually ends up happening is you, you, as you rise in level, so to the, you know, it just escalates into a, uh, bigger monster, you know, instead of, uh, having a whole bunch of small monsters and then a big, mo big monster, then you have a whole bunch of big monsters and then a really big monster kind of thing. Uh, and, and that play, I, I think it's boring. Um, but I think where it comes into, come more interesting is when, when it evolves into something where your player becomes someone, someone important, uh, becomes, a uh, a paragon or a villain or, The, the regular perception of them, of the, the regular folks, what is their perception of them? Now that comes into play a, a lot more. Are they just going to be these big-ass bullies who just come in and take what they want when they want and damn the consequences if they basically fireball any village that they come into? I mean, that's it's going to happen. And... and uh, I don't know how you do it if you're playing an evil character. Because if you're playing like a more of a chaotic evil, then it's just you just destroying shit, you know. And, and I guess I would have no interest in playing that either. But if, you're, if you were evil and you're building your own thing, you, you're going to... There's going to be a lot of interest there, how you're going to do it. Because to do that in a structured way to get people to do what you want and kind of further your agenda you're going to have to be able to manipulate very well and that can come you know that can be that can be a blast too and then then the the you know the stereotypical i'm the hero i'm going to save people i'm going to be good i'm going to try to you know be the leader of this uh, community or kingdom or whatever it is then you really come into uh the issue where you've got all these powers but you have to temper them you just can't be throwing out your powers all the time because it just doesn't work uh people are impressed by displays of power if it's to get them to you know do what you want or to you know uh, get them peasants on the field because they need to bring in the crops or they'll you know the the, the winter over by pretty soon they'll just start revolting or maybe not outwardly revolt but just kind of uh go away because they just don't want to be killed or they just don't want to be anywhere around you and stuff so it's not as easy because the struggle of just scraping by to get a few tankards or upgrade maybe some of your equipment um, having those low level spells where you're just you know counting each spell slot like they're gold and you know do I spend it here do I spend it later if I expend it now what happens if you know 
later on we get into this shit and I don't and I don't have that at my disposal. Definitely a lot more tangible to to role playing, um, but uh, the high level stuff I think becomes more conceptual. So maybe that's a better way to put it. I don't know. Um, other thing, uh, he's talking about dungeons. It makes sense. This is sort of the topic I'm going to hit on today. So I'm going to I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, that one's going to be uh, my main discussion for the podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on over to Rob C and check in on him. I think he's got four uh, voicemails. So, Rob, thanks for taking the time to call in. I appreciate it, man. It's always good to hear from you. Hey, you, Tim. It's Rob from Down in a Heap. Enjoyed your recent episode on Divine Acts, the cleric classes, the one in, like, BXOSE. That's always kind of, well, even like AD&D. Anyway, the, the kind of cookie-cutter template for a cleric, despite whatever... Uh, aspects or spheres or whatever you want to call it for the power or deity in question having having their their agents their servants all have the same things it's the blunt weapons the same spell lists and stuff yeah it always has kind of seemed a bit too cookie cutter for me as well i used to go into detailing all the deities and the portfolios the clerics and stuff especially back in second edition days and stuff but uh i'm going to jackson so i like the idea you're putting forward about divine acts and having this kind of opportunity for the cleric pcs to do some different things aside from turning undead i'm a little bit more procedural literal minded so i don't know i'd I'd probably want to hammer out some of the things uh, and maybe just as examples for what a cleric could do. Maybe like a cleric of a god of war could give out some kind of war cry that uh, would cause any foes of uh, equal level or less to make a morale check or something. Or maybe it would bolster the morale of their retainers or something. Um, But, you know, if, uh, if they worshipped a a god of war, I'd almost be more inclined to have them be a fighter and then overlay an experience point cost on top of the fighter experience points. Oop, third one. So Triple Jackson, yeah. So if you had like an experience point cost for cleric spells, say, maybe it's a thousand experience points to get to second level, two thousand to third, four thousand, whatever, doubling like they do in the in the regular experience point charts and you add that to like a thief class to have a cleric that worshipped a god of thieves or a fighter who worshipped a god of war and maybe the divine axe was only like 500 or something so you could have divine axe or you could have spells or both and you'd pay these costs on top of the other class i don't know just spitballing and i'm curious if you did anything like that for the the holy hobbit that uh, matt jackson was playing but uh, anyway i see bon jovi's going to be in town the twin cities on april 3rd so maybe after the show you when you put down the sticks we can go out for a pizza and beer or something so talk to you later oh pulling a columbo here just one more thing 
now I'm a lot more inclined to just let the players kind of come to me if they want to discuss having a, a cleric character that's got some different things going on, different spell selections or something other than turn undead or in addition to turn undead or whatever, and we just kind of hammer it out. So, but I do like to kind of hammer it out beforehand. I think the loosey-goosey kind of uh, approach certainly can work, especially with the right types of players, and thankfully I only have one player that even kind of verges on being a power gamer, um, but of course they like to play clerics. <laughs> See ya. Again, thanks, Rob, for calling in. Uh, yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> the whole Bon Jovi reference, uh, somewhere in the past, Spike Pitt, I don't know, had it in his mind that I was T Tico Torres, and I guess he's the drummer for Bon Jovi. My wife's the Bon Jovi, you know, she's from Jersey, you know, she she uh, has, you know, probably a hidden shrine of John somewhere hidden in our place that I don't know about that she she uh, lights candles to on his birthday and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he always said that, he always imagined me that I was Tico Torres for some reason. No idea why. It's very funny, and the joke kind of kind of continues. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to. I'll put down the sticks. We'll go go get some get a slice of pie or whatever, and uh, hang out for a while and just kind of talk about stuff. Uh, too funny. Yeah, it's funny. We since we we I I put out that um, thing about the vine axe. I've had my players, the cleric players, come up, and uh, we what we've done is we we've kind of codified what their divine acts are going to be instead of being. I'll use your term, loosey goosey. Uh, they're they're going to be more. This is what you can do with that, which is fine. It seemed like they seem to like to have that handle to hang on to when they're. Uh, uh, going to use that so which which is which is good I mean and, and it's and it, I think it's done in such a way that it's definitely going to carry over into future campaigns so yeah um what was the other thing oh lost my train of thought but again that was Rob C pulling Jackson's out of his butt everywhere and uh thanks again so Moving on to the main topic. Alright guys, let's talk about dungeons that make sense. Some folks get really hung up on the reality of dungeons. Uh, they want to... It's, it's one of those things where I, I kind of find humorous how many folks want to make, um, put the, re, you know, get the reality into the fantasy and how much they want to kind of, the level that they want to shove in there. 
and I understand that and it's fine and I and I do like a level of reality within anything I make I, I actually use a lot of historical references and I mean I've read an entire book about a charcoaler one time and then read articles about charcoalers just so I could write a short adventure that was like a front and back of a half a page maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a little maybe it was a full page I don't know fold over uh, about a charcoaler just because I wanted to, to make it interesting sorry guys I got distracted there so I lost my train of thought uh, Ivy's trying to order pizza and she's asking me questions on text so um, so back to making sense of dungeons I, I I'm very uh, I don't make I'm not one that makes a lot of big dungeons or caverns or anything most of mine are small as most of you guys know like the the micro adventures I write or even the maps I always make they're not big I I make them up four by six note cards so there's not a lot of space to go hog wild on those things so you got to be pretty uh, efficient with with your map making so I don't get into really complex stuff that so uh, one of the players though brought up the the fact that he was kind of looking at one of the wasn't he? I don't even know if it was a mine I mapped out, but he kind of used an example that mines aren't that narrow because I had a five foot wide corridor and he didn't think that was realistic. And, uh, and you know, I was listening to him and that, but because uh, then he said, then it also gets in an, uh, a situation where you're fighting a lot of one on one battles because there's no way really to get around him. Well, I mean, I think you kind of hit the point there because I that's why there's such narrow it's a uh, can't remember if it was it, it was one of the uh, minor I think I was gonna put some sort of humanoid in there one of the smaller humanoids and where they could probably fight side by side there two by two uh, player generally there's only gonna be one that can be in the front well that's on that's on purpose I mean that's uh, like the old streets and I think it was in Italy where they made the streets so narrow that an army couldn't just march right down it. It would just get so narrow that they'd have to go in these columns or whatever. So, to me, you know, that makes perfect sense. I mean, he's trying to... The, the, I guess you have to understand why the it was built to begin with, too. I mean, if it was a regular mine, I can understand what he's saying. Um... And it depends on what kind of mine it is. I mean, some of these mines you have, they are pretty narrow. Uh, they're not the like vast caps. Some of them are huge. Like, what is that one that's in China that's like freaking colossal? They have to they go to the middle of the earth, and then it's just this giant cavern that goes on forever. I can't remember what's down there that they're mining out. I just remember seeing pictures of it, and was I was just wow you know um but i don't i don't think rea i don't think reality needs to be your primary purpose now i know like joe he likes to have toilets in his dungeons because he wants to know where monsters poop and everything and 
you know what? I do take that into account. I put I there's always usually a, like when they visited the hill giant, they found their their shitter and they found like their their refuge room and whatnot that they that they threw things out in. But are they always going to be there? Probably not. I mean, it's just. I, I, I get it to a point, but I think for me, if it doesn't have a shitter in it, it doesn't lose its interest to me. And I think that's the biggest thing. It has to be interesting at every level or on the levels that I want. And that's like dungeon crawling, you know, worrying about, uh, you know, what am I going to run into next and, and whatnot. And you can do, you can do all those things, but I don't think all of them are necessary. And then sometimes, you know, your brain just doesn't have the capacity to try to encapsulate all that. And I think a lot of people who are adventure designers get, sometimes they get clogged up, um, trying to appease, uh, other expectations where they just need to worry about their kind of kind of dungeon because they're not all going to have them. I mean, it was it was so funny that like Ken, one of my guys that I play with, he ran this uh, Montport Mega Dungeon, which I've spoken about in the past, and he had toilets all throughout this thing. So we started calling them the Montporta Potties, and uh, it was just funny because then, for whatever reason, um, Rob character who was a chronic urinator uh, would want to use them all the time because otherwise he was just urinating on pretty much everything he found every session he was peeing on something so if we found a mop porty potty we just kind of directed him towards there and i guess it's and it also depends on what kind of game you're running like if you have, if you're running a harn if you're running harn it's definitely important to have something that makes sense because Harn is a reality kind of driven game. Uh, they, I mean, it's freaking awesome how they're able to do that. I know some, a lot of folks don't like that, but I mean, uh, the, the way they can detail stuff and, and the knowledge of what actually was and how it worked back in the day is, is fantastic. It really is. Um, even their maps are detailed beyond belief, the way they have everything s squeezed in. But that might not be your game. You're not I mean, you're playing hard. If you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you're, you're talking about a, a high fantasy game. You're, you're th fucking throwing out fireballs out of your hands and webs and magic missiles, and you've got, you know giant lizards that weigh thousands of pounds soaring through the sky, breathing fire and, you know, clerics laying hands and healing or, or like, you know, raising dead and turning undead and getting, I guess, thinking about after all that, and then you're worried about where the fucking bathroom is. I, I, the importance in it in that game is not high. It's just not there. And I just, so since I play, 
I I would say I I play a a mid fantasy game. It's 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 not low fantasy because they're they're you know there's spell options and there's magic items and 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 whatnot and there's a lot of bad shit going on. However, you know there's there's not an overabundance of all of that stuff. Uh, there's there's uh, limitations and and um, especially with magic items and that because they just they there's there's no there's no uh, wizard Walmart where they're just making cheap ass versions of it and uh, putting it out there for sale. You know they, they, these things are made for a reason. You know and no 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 wizards or or mages are going to give up their time. Uh, just because they feel like making a badass sword for somebody that can kill undead unless it becomes a critical situation where they need that to happen. So, but yeah, I don't think I have any more to think to, to say about that. I, I, I have to admit guys, I am so tired right now. Um, just a little groggy, uh, even though it's, almost seven o'clock and everything. So, um, but I appreciate everybody taking a, taking a listen and, uh, hope everybody's doing well gaming. I'm enjoying my two games so far. We had a winter phase, which is interesting. Cause that'll probably be my next podcast about, uh, uh, doing like these like winter breaks or, or things. And it, it worked out pretty well, I think. So, But we'll talk about that next time. All right, guys, take care. Roll better than me. And have your dungeons make sense or not make sense. That's up to you.